Welcome to Secondhand Gamers Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Mountain Sage. Joining me is brand new co-host. Uh, you might know him from Just Okay Movies, Biggie Size. Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Uh, I brought Biggie in because uh, all my other friends are awful and they don't want to do the podcast. <laughs> and uh, Dude, Podcasts are hard. They're tough. They are hard. They are. But uh, I figure he can be the positive shining light to my negativity. It'll be be a good dynamic. I think so as well. No, I've got (laughs) just geek out for a second. I've been a big fan of the secondhand gamers uh, media conglomerate of YouTube (laughs) podcasts and everything for a long time. Thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm I'm very honored to be here. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if I would call it a conglomerate. <laughs> uh, a, a thing that no one watches or listens to, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No. I, there's there's so many uh, bright moments, especially on the YouTube channel. There's just, just those moments of brilliance that you just capture and you're just happy it's there. I keep talking about the Razor Scooter episode, but there's so many other ones that were just like, oh my God, that was so well done. The podcast itself has had excellent episodes that uh, I would put up there with other way larger podcasts. And you know, it's there's a lot of options out there. We all try our best just to, to jump in and do the best we can with what we have. And you know, you, you've got nothing venture, nothing gain kind of thing. So no, I don't sell yourself short, man. You've made some good stuff. Thank you. See, this is the positivity I need in my life. <laughs> I don't get it from anywhere else. Oh, <laughs> Uh, so for anybody that's new, that's coming to the podcast, uh, this podcast is not really a comedy podcast. It's pretty much just, we talk about news and what we're watching and what we're playing, that kind of thing. Uh, so absolutely no comedy, no bits at all, Biggie. Oh, 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 I'll, I'll try my best, man. This is completely (laughs) serious. Cause you know me, I'm just flowing with bits. Yeah. Are you going to try to get into the, uh. The Grand Theft Auto role play that everyone's talking about? You know, I other than the first time I've even heard about this was on the Just Okay Gamers podcast. Listening to that uh, when Millpool was talking about it, I had no idea it was a thing. Like I would see Grand Theft Auto kind of nudge itself up into the, you know, the holy top five of Twitch streams. I'm like, what in the world? I guess Shroud or someone's on there just fucking around. Yeah, that's normally how it goes when you see random games up there, but it's been like, it's been weird. Like, all of a sudden, this has become a thing, and I'm not sure if it's still going or not. I'm kind of late to the party, it seems, but um, I'm definitely not as creative as some of those guys, or maybe I just don't have enough time. <laughs> but it sounds like, uh, you know, they're really doing some interesting stuff on there, and you know, more power to them. Yeah, I, I thought about doing it, but uh, I'm terrible at RPing characters. Sure. Uh, I'm great at being just me. Sure. But uh, that's not much of a character. <laughs> but uh I, I was just gonna say it's like uh it was like a year and a half ago uh was when the grand theft auto rp like first took off i remember watching it then and there were a lot of people like uh i still watch some of them like this guy sheriff eli who role played like just this hard-ass like sheriff from texas which was he was hilarious 
And uh, then it kind of moved into VR chat for like a year. And I guess now it's going back to Grand Theft Auto for whatever reason. It makes a lot of sense. You know, you've got so much to work with in Grand Theft Auto that you wouldn't really have anywhere else. I mean, you got this massive world with all these things you can do in. I mean, customizing your character, you know, a lot of options there. So a lot of dressing up to play different roles. You just have a right. lot to work with. So I could definitely see it becoming very popular in that game because it, it almost lends itself to it. Now is, since I don't know much about it, is it a lot of people kind of working together to keep the R the the role playing going, or is it just a bunch of people kind of really good at this certain character just meeting up and then going separate ways? Uh, well, basically, there's like these servers, and uh, so all the big streamers play on like a one server, uh, where they kind of keep all the other people out because uh, a lot of people try to like stream snipe and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's pretty much they make a character and then they just play that character and everyone, while they're in the game, everyone addresses them as that character. Does that make sense? Yeah, interesting, interesting. See, I didn't even know you could uh, have your own server in the game. I, that's something I didn't even realize because I found it to be very fascinating. Like, how in the world would you keep this going if you... Just had random people just jumping in all the time and yeah, probably just it, fucking around with what you're trying to do. Yeah, it used to be a problem like uh, like that was happening. That's why everyone kind of just made their own kind of thing where the, all the streamers did. And that happened to VR chat. It happens anytime people are streaming one of these like RP kind of games where like random people just sort of ruin it after a while. So they just have to find ways to shut them out. Interesting. Tell you, man, that Twitch, it sure is something. It keeps growing. I mean, now, uh, just this week, Harmonix and Twitch combined created a, a karaoke game. I don't, I forget what they're calling. It. I think it's like Twitch Live or something oh, like that. I saw something about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's great. That's fascinating stuff because, I mean, watching someone play, you know, League of Legends for the 10 billionth time. It's a lot of fun, <laughs> but sometimes you want a little more variety. I, I like how they end up breaking the uh, just chatting stuff, which used to be just a smorgasbord of a bunch of people doing a bunch of different things into categories. You know, you got your ASMR and your creative mm -hmm. eating and all that and stuff. So people it's nice. like it's whispering into your ears all the time. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It could be very creepy, especially if you wander into that area drunk and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> uh, which I've done a couple of times. Uh, but no, no, I love it. And, and even throwing in the GTA role playing stuff and this new karaoke game, which looks kind of interesting. It seems like they put a lot of resources behind it. I haven't watched any myself yet. But uh, but it's just making the platform even more interesting, and I I'm definitely down for that. A, a lot of good creativity going on in Twitch. Uh, much respect there. Yeah, I've been trying to find like a. Well, I've been watching a lot of uh riff tracks on Twitch, but I've been trying to find like a uh, small streamers because I think, I think probably the best time I had watching a streamer, uh, it was this guy streaming IRL. It was this. He was like a like a garbage man. So he was, had like Ooh. his camera set up in the garbage truck and he was just driving around picking up people's trash and like talking and listening to music. And then he went home 
and set up like a camera thing in his basement and he was doing drywalling and drinking. And <laughs> I was like, now this, this is content. This is what I need. Yes. Yes. As opposed to uh, some chick whispering in my ear for eight hours. <laughs> exactly. No, that's interesting too. There's been a bunch of them popping up or maybe I just haven't seen them till now, but like um, I've seen a couple mechanics. There's one in particular. Yeah. It seems like they're probably the most polished of them all, but uh, he just kind of has a camera on the stick. He just drags it around underneath cars to talk about what they're, what they're trying to do. And in this certain situation, what you can do or what they're thinking. And that that's fascinating stuff. It's just things you couldn't really I mean, you could do it on YouTube and stuff, sure, but I've just seen it more on Twitch and it just feels more interactive and, you know, taking questions. You know, there's been people that have been doing carpentry on there, baking tables and stuff. That's that's so fascinating. So much fun. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely down for it. Yeah, I, I wish Twitch would promote like those people more. Instead of like yes. certain streamers, but whatever. I that's, guess. you know, that's the hard part with Twitch. And I understand that they they really want to push the ones that have, uh, you know, whoever's riding that train, like Fortnite and stuff like that. I totally get it. Twitch has to make money somehow and, you know, really pushing those people who are getting a lot of traction for whatever reason. I get it. Uh, but honestly, the most fun personally I have on Twitch is I just keep scrolling down. Like on the games page, I just keep scrolling to the very bottom. I want like the weirdest game I've never heard of or something so old that I never knew existed. And there's maybe like two people watching it. And that is so much fun for me. <laughs> it's just, yeah, like, going, it's usually like going, yeah. going down like the retro gaming list is like really good a lot because yeah. uh, people play these old obscure games that you've never heard of. Yeah, or it's like some game that's like only released in Korea, and you you know you don't know what the hell's going on, but it's flashy, it's odd, and like I'm kind of intrigued now. Uh, so physics, I, you know, yes, something. crazy. Everything else in the game is terrible except for the boob physics. <laughs> and you're like, that's wow, you someone spent a lot of time on that. You ever you ever wonder, like, is that one person's job, like in a game studio? To like oh, be the to guy be. who's in charge of like jiggle physics. I, you know, it would have to be. I'm sure if you look at like at a game like Dead or Alive, you know, with as detailed as some of those characters are, like it's got to be a team of, of people working on like just one character to get it just right. Can't just be one person. So I would imagine they like look at the character like, OK, um, Gary, you've got the face or no, I'm sorry. It won't be Gary. You're like Ishimoto. You have the face. Uh <laughs> Kamagachi, uh, we we have to have nice legs that have nice animations. Uh, Ishikoro, uh, you've got the titties, and yep. that's just his job. You know, I, I can see that. He might have lost his job. There was a lot of controversy uh, lately with uh, Dead or Alive, uh, kind of reducing the jiggle physics. That's true. It's, times are hard, man. <laughs> you had to make some cuts somewhere. <laughs> you have to make it profitable. Like we just went too far. We invested too heavy on the boobs. We, we've got to scale it back. <laughs> <laughs> that Dead or Alive, by the way, if, if you're looking for a fun fighting game, uh, I think it's probably the best one uh, I've played in a long it. time. I haven't played the new one. I remember I played Dead or Alive 3 a lot on the original Xbox. Ooh, yes. Uh, I, I, in fact, I think I still have it. I don't know, but 
I, I remember like getting that. And I was like blown away. I was like, wow, this is how games look now. Yeah, that was a good looking game. See, I I've been playing. That's one of the few series that I play. I've played from the inception, like playing it on the original PlayStation and then on through. And I was so mad that their life three came out on the Xbox. I, was, I just didn't have one at the time. And I couldn't get one. I was just a little kid. I'm like, man, that pisses me off. And finally, I got to play it. And it is. It was so stinking good. I, I don't know if there's really been a bad one. Well, I would say maybe the fifth one. I didn't care for it too much. They went costume heavy on it. And yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing, but the game itself just didn't. I don't know. It didn't pop like the previous ones. But I think six is really they, they did a really good job. The online play is really good. They didn't have lobbies at start. That's kind of a. A bummer. You should really have that to start with, but they added it in like maybe like three or four weeks after, I believe. I think it's out at this point. But uh, looking for a fun fighting game, it I recommend it. I think you can get it for like 40, 30 bucks now, so it's well worth it. Well, since we're talking about this, let's go into our first topic of what we're playing. Uh, we've already been talking about a bunch of random stuff, but now we're getting into the meat and the potatoes of the podcast. <laughs> so you've been playing Dead or Alive Six? Uh, past a couple weeks ago when it came out, I was playing it. I haven't really touched it much lately. Lately, though, I have been going through all the Mass Effect games. I saw you I, were playing um, Andromeda, and I felt yes. bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Andromeda was such a bummer. Uh, well, uh, let let me let me back up for a second. At the time of release, it was a little buggy. The characters looked terrible, and the Kraya character was completely atrocious. And that's the core of Mass Effect. The gameplay is okay. You can get better third-person shooter action on a plethora of other games. But what you want is the immersion from yeah, Mass it's Effect. Like the, the, the character interactions and stuff, and like the relationships with them. Like Mass Effect Correct. 2 was like one of the best games of the last generation. Yes, Yes, I agree. Uh, Mass Effect 2, it really elevated. It added a lot of style to the game that the first one really lacked. And the story yeah. was good, too. Really fascinating. Um, I remember I, I could not play the first Mass Effect. I tried, and uh, I tried to play it like a shooter. And if you remember the first one, uh, I don't remember what it was with the shooting. I, I think you couldn't like aim down the sights of your gun or something, so all the shots just kind of spread out a little from where you were aiming. I think it was I mean, what the was, problem was. You're right. I mean, it goes even further. Uh, when you start out, it's kind of the Deus Ex effect, is what I like to call it. You know, if you played the first Deus Ex game, you couldn't hit shit. Like, even a point blank shot would normally miss. And it's because when you start out, your character's stats, like their aiming and everything, is basically zero you're terrible yeah but it's through the progression of the game you start be um you know gaining more stats becoming better so you can just hit stuff no problem and mass effect had the same feeling uh you start out you have unlimited unlimited ammo you just have to deal with the uh, cooldowns of your shots and, but you can't hit anything it's so hard to hit something because your stats are terrible but by the time you get to the end of the game you have no issues you've gotten used to it you can hit about anything you want and luckily and uh, well, that gave a very bad impression starting off, first of all. But then yeah. in Mass Effect 2, they cleaned all that up. You know, it felt yeah, they were, you they had just good made shooting. It like a shooter. Exactly. As they should have. That was going a little too far. 
down that um, down that route, and it did give a really bad first impression. I had the same thing. I picked it up on release, threw it in my Xbox, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is bad! I'm not. I don't want to play it anymore." It wasn't until way later. Uh, no, I tried it again, and it was the story hooked me. It's a slow start. It's a little painful, but once you start getting into that story, getting into that world, it makes up for it. So I just wanted to go through them all again, kind of get that escapism. So I finished one through three. Three is by far my favorite. And uh, it's three still is? painful. To, oh, yeah, I love three. Uh, I have never played three. It is a very painful ending in that it's just so sad. Even the best outcome for that ending is still really sad. And I love that. It made me think of uh, another series that's my favorite is Metal Gear Solid. And even going through four, which I, I kind of deem four as being the true ending. Five's not. It's, it is, but it's not finished. And it feels totally feels that way. So I really equate four being the ending. It's sad. It's not. It's a good ending, but it's just a painful ending. And yeah. I feel the same way for Mass Effect Three. And uh, the controls were great. The way you handle your loadouts was the best of the series. Uh, people just kind of dog it because of that ending, and I think it's fair. But it's just a really good game. And honestly, going back to Andromeda after I guess it's been out two years, maybe a bit more. Has it been uh, out I two can, years already? Jeez. I think it. I want to say it was twenty sixteen. Good. That'd actually be three oh years God. almost. Yeah, it's been a while. And I could tell from when it released release week to now that they did a lot of quality of life changes to the point it feels solid. The story is not as good naturally. It's a whole new arc, but it's it's good. You can get it for like seven bucks on PC if you just wait for a sale. I think it's actually on sale right now. Well worth seven dollars. Mm. So um you know, if you're wanting to jump back into it, I recommend it. You know, if you like a nice sci-fi exploration game. So, I um probably play three. I've actually got a funny story about three. Okay. Uh, so, with one, uh, I played it a little bit. I didn't like the shooting, and then I remember the planet exploration thing that they had. I hated that, too, so I just, like, abandoned the game after a couple hours. It just wasn't for me. Sure. Uh, two... Great, one of my favorite games ever. Uh, amazing. Three, I remember I bought, and then I just never opened it. Like, when it came out. So I'm pretty sure I still have it, like, new, like, in the shrink wrap on, like, 360 somewhere. <laughs> Dude, open that sucker up, man. No, what if it's valuable one day? <laughs> now it's too late. <laughs> now it's collectible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I've been playing. Just uh, enjoying that sweet Mass Effect lore. And uh, I'm I'm getting close to finishing Andromeda, I, I think. So uh, after that, I have no idea what I'll play. I'll have to pick them up. Uh, for me, I've been playing, uh, well, three games, kind of. Um. So last month I was playing Breath of the Wild. I finally got around to playing that. Well, I tried it before, but like, uh, kind of didn't like it. And uh, this is my was my third attempt playing it, and it finally kind of got its hooks in me. So last month I was playing Breath of the Wild, but I kind of set that down uh, because three other games kind of took over my life. 
first one being Sekiro, which uh, is good. I like it. It's really great. Uh, I've been banging my head against fucking two bosses for a while now. So <laughs> I kind of I kind of set that one down also. Uh, the giant monkey, and there's this thing, I can't remember what it is, it's the something monk. But it's basically, you have to get these two items from these two separate paths, and I'm at the end boss of both of the paths, and I can't get past either boss, or either, eh, either boss right now. Uh, so I kind of set that down, and I've been playing Terraria, for one. Uh, me and some friends Ooh. have been playing that. Um, I've played the shit out of that game. I've beaten it multiple times. But the great thing about Terraria is it's very highly moddable. Uh, it's kind of like Minecraft. So I put in a mod that basically adds a bunch of new bosses, new items, all that kind of stuff, and uh, we've been going through that. In fact, Corey's playing it right now. Oh, fun. And, yeah. And lastly... Uh, EverQuest. The same game I've been playing for 20 fucking years. <laughs> oh my lord, EverQuest. Yeah, it was, uh, EverQuest's 20th anniversary, um, I think last month, or, yeah, I think it was last month. And so they released some, uh, time lock progression servers. So... If you don't know, EverQuest in its current state has like 26 expansions. Something nuts. I don't even know what the hell they are. I don't know what's going on with those. <laughs> but with the progression servers, uh, it releases, so it's just original, no expansions. Then after three months, they release an expansion. Three months, they release the next one. So on and so forth. So they release a new one of those every once in a while. And every time they do, I play it. I don't know why. I know everything about that fucking game, but I still play it. <laughs> Damn, that's everybody, cool, every, though. Yeah, everybody knows everything about that game. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, that's right now it's, it's just original, and it's nice. That is fun. Is it still a, um, a $15 monthly charge, or is it free to play? Um... It's normally free to play, but if you want to play on the progression servers, it is the $15 a month. See, that's nice. I like that model. That, you know, that's really cool. You get the best of both worlds. If you want to just do free to play or, or kind of relive the, uh, the, the glory days of EverQuest, you know, that, that's neat. Yeah. So I'll, I'll play it until uh, Lukelin comes out, which is the fourth expansion, which is kind of where. Uh, the game kind of goes off the rails, in my opinion. Um, so I'm doing a big old time investment, and then in a year, it's not going to matter at all. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, hey, as long as you had a good time, that's all that matters. That's uh, that's really cool. I, I like that progression system. Yeah, it's it's great. I fucking love old air request. Best MMO ever made. Nothing ever comes close. Very nice, very nice. The only EverQuest game I ever played was on the uh, PS2. It was one of the early releases of the uh, when they released the modem for the PS2. And yeah, that, uh, was, that thing uh, was EverQuest Online Adventures. 
That's right. That's right. It was bad, but I had a fun time because all I had was a dial-up connection at the time, and there was only there are very few games that support the dial-up connection. That was one of them, and uh, I think that might have been one of my er- was World of Warcraft out at that point. I can't remember. Um, I don't know when Online Adventures came out. I'm not Ooh, sure. Interesting. I might have to look that up because that if it was before World of Warcraft, then that might have been my first MMO other than Rune, uh, RuneScape. That yeah, one I might play a little earlier, but uh, but that's it, cool, man. It had to have been out before World of Warcraft because EverQuest 2 came out this around the same time as World of Warcraft. I remember because they were directly competing with WoW, and that's kind of why no one played it except me. <laughs> Let's see. It came out in February of 2003. Let's see. Warcraft. I think Warcraft. Three. Yep. It was out about 2000. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. Well, it was a little bit before. Very I like interesting. How, I don't like how my brain works. How so? <laughs> like, I'll, I'll walk into a room. And, like, make a glass of water and leave it on the counter and, like, forget that I even, like, got the glass of water. But I remember that WoW came out in 2005. <laughs> well, that water. That water's bullshit compared to the World of Warcraft. I need so... water to survive. <laughs> nah. Nah, that's what the government wants you to think. Yeah, fucking fluoride. <laughs> They're all in on it. <laughs> Oh, very cool. Uh, have you been watching anything interesting? That uh, Anything you want to talk about here and not on your own podcast? <laughs> you know, I haven't been watching much, honestly. I've, uh, I've started going through all the Marvel films, because in our next episode, we're going to rank them all. Oh and uh, so that's yeah, I know it's it's been undertaking. I don't think I'm going to make it through all uh, 18, 19 films. I think I'll probably just hit a couple and uh, that'll be that. So that's mainly been my my life is uh, catching up those. And Megan and I just been watching uh, Parks and Rec all the way through again. So that's pretty much been it for me. Hmm. What about yourself? Uh, I went and I watched uh, Pet Cemetery in the theater. Ooh, um, what'd you think? It was fine. Uh, not particularly good, not bad. Um, if you saw the old one, you don't really need to see the new one. <laughs> um, that was going to be my next question, yeah. Yeah, they changed a couple things, but, um, I mean, it doesn't really change the story at all. Uh, yeah, it's fine. I would say if you've never seen Pet Cemetery, then this one is a good one to watch. I would, I would give it a solid 6 out of 10. Wow. Hey, not too shabby. That's, that's a solid rank. Yeah. Uh, better than middle of the road. Uh, I've also been watching Riff Tracks a lot on Twitch. Do you know what Riff Tracks is? Yeah, yeah, I do. What they've been yeah. showing lately? Uh, well, they show basically the same I don't know how many movies on repeat so I've seen the same movies over and over basically because while I play <laughs> EverQuest or Terraria I just have it up on the second screen 
So when I say I've watched the movies, it's in quotation marks. Uh, <laughs> but one of them stood out to me because it had a bunch of actors in it that I just recognized from other movies. And it was a movie called Stone Cold. And it's not good, <laughs> but like, <laughs> it was like, that's the guy who was uh, uh, the android in Aliens was like a character and then I'm like that's the guy from the beginning of Terminator 2 who gets like thrown through the window and that's the guy who was the sheriff in Devil's Rejects it had a lot of like these actors from like other movies that like you kind of know who they are <laughs> and right. like so I was like what the fuck but it's basically a cop uh, going into a biker gang uh, like a neo-nazi biker gang to like try to bring them down and it's kind of like some early 90s action movie but not very good but actually not too bad i mean i would give it a five you know oh wow you're not kidding i pulled up the imdb is a grab bag of like second tier third tier people from the 90s this is yeah i was just like i was just like i know that i was like i know that person i was like i know that guy too and so i just started kind of like actually paying more attention to it it was just weird wow these steals look incredible though it does look like a fun time (laughs) it's really dumb like uh (laughs) i don't even remember this i've never seen the like main character in anything else uh, but he goes in, he's just like, he's like, walks up to this guy in a bar, he's like, you want to tell me why your woman's been eye-fucking me all night? Like, trying to get him to fight him and stuff. <laughs> and then they, like, go and they have, like, a, a bike race, and they're, like, even, and then the guy just, like, puts the throttle down and starts going faster, like, the other guy wouldn't be doing the same thing, and so he beats him. And then he goes into a, a big pit and like fight some guy and he's like all right now i'm in the gang <laughs> it's just so, it's so stupid it's just the dumbest thing i've ever seen oh lord that sounds great i love it <laughs> it was entertaining <laughs> nice nice oh are you ready for some news biggie i am man there's been some interesting things happen so i i am down there have been some interesting thing, things, if I could talk. I'm tired. Uh, oh, no worries. So, first thing on our list of topics to talk about. Uh, when Sekiro came out, uh, caused some controversy because, once again, uh, a lot of game journalists and other people are calling for an easy mode to be introduced into the Soulsborns and, like, Sekiro-type games, pretty much every From Software game. So, that debate is coming up again. And, uh... Oh, boy. I posted two links uh, from different writers for Forbes. Uh, one in favor of an easy mode, and one who doesn't want it. Um, but, it's, it's annoying me because... People who call for, like, the easy mode for these games, like, I don't know what side of this you're on, but, like, they're saying that, like, everyone who doesn't want an easy mode in the game is being elitist. But to me, when I think about it, 
people calling for the easy mode are being the kind of like elitist snobby people because they're like, I want you to make a mode for your game just for me. Like I demand it. <laughs> so that's what right. I see out of it. Oh, totally. Ah. Totally. No, I, yeah. I completely agree with you. It, you know, and, and I can, I can understand, you know, a game comes out, you're really interested in the content. You want to get into that world, but the, the, uh, the level you have to get to to play it and not get stuck is just too damn high for you. I get it. I've been there. I, I yeah. felt the same way for the Dark Souls games. I like the atmosphere. I like being able to choose the types of weapons I want to use, have different tactics on uh, taking down whatever it is. But it's just I hit a wall way too many times. I just lose interest. And this game, Sekiro, it's got a lot of style. I mean, it just looks great. And it definitely had me very yeah. interested, but sadly, when I see From Software pop up, I'm automatically thinking, "Oh boy, I'm gonna get my ass kicked." I just cannot, I cannot put myself through that. But I do not think that's the fault of the game because that's how the game was designed, and yeah, I and, respect that. Yeah, and um, I pulled up an interview from uh, Miyazaki, the creators of these games, from like uh, 2016. It was like an interview they did when Dark Souls 3 came out. And he basically said uh, the way he's trying to design games, um, the experience he wants to impart to people is like going against an obstacle, you getting your ass kicked, and then overcoming it. He says that's the point of his games. So. With Sekiro, it has that challenge still, but to me, Sekiro is already on easy mode in a way, because like he's got that like core concept that he wanted the, with the challenge, but you can resurrect multiple times during a fight. Uh, you can uh, they've taken out like equipment, so you don't have to worry about stats at all. Uh, you don't have to worry about trying to min-max a character or anything. It's a very linear, like, you get four things, your health goes up. And it's a very linear progression to that. Uh, if you don't understand combat, there's a guy in, like, the starting area. He's like, I can't die, you can fight me as much as you want. So you can literally sit there and practice combat to your heart's content. Like, he took away everything that kind of could clutter the experience. Um, and gave it, like, just the core concept of going against an obstacle and overcoming it. So, like, some of the arguments I see for this, like, uh, just don't make any sense. Like, when people, uh, they say, uh, I want to experience the game, but I can't. It's like, well, you can, because the experience is getting the shit kicked out of you <laughs> like a million times. That is the experience of the game. Correct. So, Correct. you know, when they're like, I want an easy mode, well, you just, then you're not experiencing the game anymore, really. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Right. Well, that I totally agree. Like, when you're saying you want to experience it, but you're really not wanting to play the game it's meant to be played, then th watch it on twitch i'm, I'm yeah, not sure okay. what you're trying to get at you know it just sounds like you're wanting to 
you know, basically be able to walk through everything and just see, oh, hey, that looks pretty. Oh, hey, that looks cool. I get what they're saying, but it it kind of also doesn't make sense because this is how the game was meant to be played. I have I have a really big problem with that. Just saying, I don't want the game to be this way. I want it to be like this. Like, well, then it wouldn't be Sekiro. It'd be something else. So, yeah. you know, if you're just wanting to see the world, then you have a plethora of YouTube videos and Twitch streams. You can go and and live in that world and probably watch some skilled people play or people fumble around, don't know what the hell they're doing. You know, you know, it's your choice. But to just say, I want you to completely change the game just to suit me. I, it's just it doesn't make sense. And it's it's honestly, I feel like it's kind of an insult to people who have designed this game who have went through the pain to have it made and then yeah, say oh this is bad let's make it this way because you all were wrong uh, no well, that's a little too far it, it goes back to like uh, the old argument of like are video games an art form which has been around basically since video games have existed and most people that play games will make the argument that they are just like a movie could be considered a piece of art or something like that so if they're gonna have the argument of uh, this game needs an easy mode. Uh, if you go and look at, okay, video games are art, uh, would you not say that not all art is for everybody? Like, is this game just not for you? <laughs> like, just Boom. don't play it? You nailed it. Oh, you nailed it right in the head, man. Well said. You know, you can't just go up to the Mona Lisa and be like, this doesn't really appeal to me. Put oh, her in a tank titties. top and give her a, yeah, give her big titties, a tank top and a Big Mac. Then, yeah. you know, that will, uh, that'll work for me. You're right. It's an acquired taste and it's okay to even jump out of your comfort zone into a game that you know you may be bad at. That's great. Like, that's a great experience. Or like, we equate the movies as well, or music. Jump yeah. into something that you're like, I don't think I can like this, but I'm going to do it anyways. You may end up still saying, not for me, or you may be pleasantly surprised. You know, we don't need to turn Sekiro into Call of Duty, you know, just to fit your your taste, you know, it, it it is what it is and either enjoy it in a different method, whether playing it or watching it or just say, I, it's just not for me. And, yeah, and, and that's great. Yeah, that's and that's fine. Like, that's good. If like you, you play the game and it's not for you, no problems. But I don't know some these game journalists, the way they write their articles sometimes is like, how dare someone make a game I couldn't beat? And it's so, it grates on me. I hate it. <laughs> Dude, it's, it gets clicks, man. Oh, it I gets know, clicks. <laughs> but you see the things they said, like uh, one of the headlines was, uh, Sekiro not having an easy mode disrespects its players. That was one of the headlines I saw. Um, and another person I don't was, understand what that means. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, another thing I saw was... Um, Someone saying, what if somebody has maybe a physical disability so they can't play the game? I saw somebody beat Dark Souls 3 with a DDR dance pad. Right. <laughs> oh, you're uh, right! I, I saw someone win a match of PUBG, and they were paraplegic, and they had a, like one of those things in their mouth, and they were yeah. controlling the game with that. I was like, even, like... Even if you have some kind of disability, you can still play these games. 
Like, I don't see that as an excuse, really. No, no, you're 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 completely right, and that's a that's almost a disgusting argument to make. Yeah. Um. In in my opinion, I see where they're going at, but they're thinking way too small. Uh. I mean, there have been there have been some incredible Halo Two competitive players who have had to play with, as you said, putting the uh movement or aiming joystick in their mouth. And and having to play with just one hand like that's it's incredible. They could kick out both of our asses. Yeah. And and this is and we're even in a in a um, oh, what would you say? A, a glorious time for people with disabilities to be able to play. Xbox just released a fantastic yeah, that, controller. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like, uh, one you can kind of fit however you want to like kind of suit your needs. Exactly. If, like, you're missing a hand or something. Exactly. Even being able to put in uh, um, controllers or other peripherals that they don't even make. It's completely open. So people are able to enjoy these games. Now, will it be hard for them? Absolutely. Yeah, but but it's hard hard for everybody. That's the whole point of the game. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I don't know if me being someone who might have a, a disability would be like, OK, I made this game. It's not as good as the regular one, but it's watered down for you to handle. Uh, that doesn't sound like much of a challenge to me. You know, that's and maybe it's just what you want to get out of it. You know, that's, you know, all this is subjective. So, you know, not one opinion is the correct one. But I just find that to be a little uh, insulting to to those players that if if that's your argument that they should just completely change the game is because they won't be able to enjoy it when they have more uh options to enjoy this game than they ever have before and that is just a wonderful wonderful um tip of the hat to the gaming culture we're currently in yeah and um one of the arguments is that like if it adds an easy mode then it won't affect the normal mode for people who already want to play it that way but the easy mode takes away the core concept of the game, like I already said. And if you play Sekiro or Dark Souls and stuff, you would know that the game is already on an easy mode. In these games, usually there's a thing later, like in Sekiro, it's a bell you can ring, which literally makes the game harder. <laughs> so you're already oh. on the easy mode, like by default, really. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's like uh, the enemies are harder, but uh, they're more likely to drop items. So if you want to go like farm items, like I'll go ring the bell. Wow, ooh, that's cool. Yeah, and there's always a mechanic in like that in Dark Souls or Bloodborne and whatever. It's always there, but they the game journalists probably never get that point. Right, right. No, I I totally disagree. I think if that's the way they want to design the game then it should stay that way. They shouldn't feel any kind of pressure to to change it if they don't wish it. And I don't think it's because they hate people who are, um, you know, somehow have a disability or they hate what gamers if, or that's what just if that, that was that's the sole so reason. <laughs> that is the sole reason Miyazaki's making games. He just really <laughs> hates disabled people. You know, those people that don't have hands. You know what? Fuck them. Yeah, fuck people that can't <laughs> We're going to make this game this way. Yeah, what I'm good sure are they really? Why. <laughs> what do they even do? They're not real gamers. They're not <laughs> exactly. real gamers. Yeah. No, that's just it's that's sad. Those are just sad arguments. If you want to have an easy mode, I understand your argument, but in no way do I think it's a uh, 
it should shine as a negative attribute on the developers who have poured their heart, soul, and probably finances, if they're a producer, into the game. I think that is a very poor way of looking at it and a very, uh, oh, what would you say, a red herring? I think that's a type of, the type of argument it would be um, in either case. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I think know. it's kind of sad. Yeah. So we're in agreement. Uh, get good, yes. game journalist. Pieces of shit. Get, yeah, get good at the game, man. <laughs> game journalist, man. I know. First Doom, now Sekiro. Absolutely, man. All right, next piece of news. Uh, Blizzard has banned the OK sign at Overwatch League over possible white supremacy connections. Oh. How's that one for you, Biggie? Well, you know, it's funny. <laughs> The podcast yeah. I do, it's a it's an offshoot of the Just Okay Gamers uh, podcast. It's Just Okay Movies, and as our symbol, we have an <laughs> we have an okay symbol. <laughs> so I know uh, Guido has talked about quite a bit for the Just Okay Gamers pod, and uh, how it uh, it's not. Uh, he says it's not a concern for him, and I, I'd say he probably just doesn't give two shits. I really don't either because I find the whole thing so. Sad. I find it sad, but I, I, I do. It's it's dumb as well, and I do want to tread lightly because uh, one of the people in the community uh, did make a good point that you know you um, the reason it's come back is from the uh, killing it was in the Netherlands, I believe. Uh, the person uh, shot New up Zealand. the church, New Zealand. Thank you. And he was brought into court, and he did an OK symbol while the camera was showing on him. And this is the first time we've seen this, but this just opened up another wound. And, um... Well, do you know how it, this started? Do you know how the whole thing started? Oh, I have no idea. So, you know what 4chan is, right? Yes. Okay, they started doing that. Uh, they started saying, uh, let's say the OK sign means white power. As a joke. You know, it's like internet trolls, they always do that. They had like a... Right. Uh, Justin Bieber has cancer and is like losing his hair, so um, everybody shave your head and supported Justin Bieber, and they like got a bunch of teenage girls to shave their head and stuff when they spread on Twitter. Like, they always, these pranks and just spread misinformation to say like, haha, look how dumb these people are for believing this, you know? Right. So, they started doing that, but then the media picked it up and was like, oh, this is a white power symbol. And then uh, uh, they got pushback saying, no, that's like the OK sign that's been around forever. And it's also the circle game or the punch game, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so they were, had this clash of like the media and these media personalities not uh, going back on what they were saying. They're like, no, it is white power. And everyone's like, no, it's not. And, and it just got bigger until it became kind of mainstream. Uh, that you know, this is what it means or could potentially mean. So you've got a lot of people doing it ironically. But then when it became big, now all of a sudden you have actual white supremacist stuff that are doing it non-ironically. And then you have like uh, the Parkland shooter who, if you look at his manifesto, was filled with just like 4chan. It had like copy pastas and stuff. So even he is part of that kind of troll kind of nature. So he did it to beat the fire. So now it is a white power symbol, but it became that way because of people fucking with other people, basically. So it's a weird right. thing of like, it wasn't 
until the media made it what it is. Right. So, and now uh, Biggie's got to worry about when people are scrolling through uh, iTunes and, and yeah, see and my podcast. I'm a white, white supremacist supremac- movie White pod. supremacist movie podcast. <laughs> Why don't you just change the name like, to it? Like, goodness. You know, and that's the sad part is, you know, just being able to take a symbol like that and, and turn it into no key symbols been around for God, who knows when it first started and now turn it into that. And it's worse than you say it was basically just all off a joke. And um, it's I think ultimately I know we'll get to the the reason for how it's game related, uh, but I think ultimately it just comes down to intent. You know, what's your intent to do anything? Yeah. You know, you can you can turn any body movement or or anything like that into something good or bad just based on what you're what you're intending the outcome to be. And that's what's so sad about something as innocent as the OK symbol uh, now being blanketed, even if it's probably a small sect or so, because uh, it being turned to a, a very uh, negative thing. Yeah. And um, so original story it got banned from uh um overwatch league um and let's see uh i guess they were doing like an interview with one of the players and someone flashed it in like the background yes um and this is kind of my problem with the thing uh this is the quote from the article after the interview one viewer complained on twitter to the league about them showing a white power hand symbol during the broadcast one person complained, so they banned it. Right. Like, what happens I, like when I, one person complains, you just tell them to fuck off? <laughs> like, can, can we not do that anymore? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree with you there. Ultimately, I think I understand why Blizzard did it. Um, probably ultimately it's a good move for them just to be respectful, especially since the, the killing in New Zealand is still very fresh, uh, in, in everyone's minds and they want to be, and that's one really good way. Uh, uh, one of the, uh, people in the discord had explained it, had kind of tell it to me was them wanting to be respectful to those victims since, the, the, the latest controversy of the OK symbol being linked to white supremacy was from that guy showing up in the courtroom. So in that way, I'm like, I, I can see why Blizzard would just want to say we're not going to handle it. We want to be respectful to them. But sadly, it does continue to keep this uh, very innocent symbol in the news as being something negative it perpetuates the issue even though it's trying to be respectful for those who are harmed by a monster and it's it's kind of comes down to almost damned if you do damned if you don't and i kind of hate that for blizzard to get in the crosshairs but they also are slightly responsible for continuing this uh a negative attribute to something that shouldn't be negative at all. It's a tough situation to be in. Yeah, I guess. But when I look at these companies, I just, I don't think they care about being respectful to victims of anything. I think they just don't want controversy attached to their name. Like, I think it's just oh, like a yes. PR move. Um, oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But uh, this article also points out that Zenyatta, uh, one of the characters in Overwatch, uh, has does the OK symbol in the game. And even has it as like a spray paint. Oh, really? So that could be, I don't know, maybe it was a Zenyatta player that they did it behind. I don't know. But, huh, that's interesting. I saw the video. I, 
it just looked like a guy jumping up and down doing the OK symbol. Like, I just personally wouldn't have thought anything of it. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I, that's what they should do. Clearly, he's not at the Overwatch tournament being like, white power, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's, I don't. It's it's sad. It's got to be this way. Um, but I said, I think Blizzard, I can understand the reasoning. We just have to all of us understand that it, it comes down to intent. There's nothing wrong with an OK symbol, nothing wrong with any other hand signal you can think of. You know, it all comes down to why are you doing it and and um, not not take this any further than it needs to go. Spoken like a true white supremacist podcast haver. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it truly was a concern. I, I kind of thought about it for a bit. I'm like, should I maybe downplay the that on there? But I'm like, no, this, you know. Is that, is that why no you changed one, the graphic to it? No, I, I wanted to freshen it up a bit, honestly. I was like, I kind of want a little more flat image. And then this came out I'm like, oh, damn it. I, I don't want to change it again because people should know me and know that that is in no way a thought uh, that goes through my mind when doing anything, not only a podcast. So, uh, so you know, if you got a problem with it, let me know. But I'll definitely tell you that uh, that's definitely not on the menu and will never will be. Um, yeah, I just don't like ban culture. I don't like when people ban stuff for no reason. Uh, I agree. No, it's, it's tough. Yep. Uh, let's see. Also in the news, uh, Valve is making its own VR headset called the Index. What? Uh, yeah. What? What? Why? <laughs> Why are they doing this? Do we not have enough headsets already? We, we need another one? <laughs> Well, uh, some people, there's rumor around, and there's always rumor about this, so take it with, uh, I would say, not even a grain of salt. Um, people kind of talk, when people talk about Half-Life, uh, they kind of, you know, like, Half-Life is always, like, a uh, revolutionary thing when it comes out. Like, when the first Half-Life came out, it was, like, storytelling and shooters. When the second Half-Life came out, it was physics. So people think that the third Half-Life is going to be revolutionary in VR. And so they think that Valve releasing this headset could be an indication of that. But like I said, there's been Half-Life 3 rumors, all kinds of them for years and years. So, you know, that was... I I wouldn't even put any kind of, like, uh, weight with that. It's just some people are saying. Sure. But that- uh, the, the interesting news with the Index, uh, it's using what's called the Knuckle Controllers, which have been these controllers that have been in development for years. Uh, they've kind of revised them a couple times. It's uh, not. It's sort of like the Oculus controllers, but uh, better. It's kind of like got a strap that goes around your head or your hands. Um, and they're supposed to be like uh, better for picking up like finger movement and stuff like that. Like you're, you can let go of the whole controller and it'll like stay attached to your hand with the straps. Ooh, interesting. And, yeah, that's a big upgrade. Yeah, and uh, also there was a little bit of a leak of someone uh, doing kind of a beta test, I guess, maybe an alpha. I don't know what it was, 
but uh, it showed the resolution that he was playing a game at. And there's some weird calculation with the VR. So, like, they were, took that resolution that he had, and then it's like 90, that's at 90%. So then they multiply it by something and get that to 100%. And through that, people think that this headset is going to have the same resolution as the Vive Pro, which is the highest resolution kind of uh, VR, mainstream VR on the market, aside from like these Chinese ripoff things. So. Uh, depending on the price, this could be a pretty good VR headset. Sure. Yeah, that's the one thing I'm curious about as well is price. Where are they going to position themselves? Uh, I think right now, uh, the Vive Pro, I don't know where it's priced at. Is it around 500? Uh, it's 700 for just the headset. It's $1,300 if you want to get the whole thing. Really? That high? I did not yeah. know that. It's, uh, very expensive. Prohibitively expensive, you could say. Ooh, that's fascinating because I mainly, uh, I think the vibe and everything is very interesting, but I've, I personally have never played, I'm going to start with that, never played any um, VR, never worn one, never tried it. Very interested, though. I've always looked a little more at the Oculus. And uh, I will say just with that one alone, it's fascinating how with the next, uh, the Rift S for the price point, being able to get away from the uh, external sensors and just have it all built into the headset. I'm almost thinking any headset going forward, that needs to be the case. No more uh, uh, little poles with sensors on them. Get away from all of that. Should all be self-contained as much as possible. And I Uh, hope that's going to be the case with Index as well. I don't believe it is. I'm 99% 99% sure it has to have the sensors. It oh, uses the same no. it uses the lighthouses, the same sensors as the Vive. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, huh. Well, that stinks. Well, then hopefully the cost should be reasonable because that's the next part is, you know, you're paying 500 to a grand for one I, you know that are you're expecting some of those features not having the sensors around, so maybe they can release a solid headset. Maybe still have to have some sensors around, but you know, get into that like sub three hundred dollar mark and compete yeah. with the original Rift, but have those nice uh, uh, high resolution screens and maybe you know, and also those interesting controllers. So maybe they'll be able to get into that uh, if if they go with that tactic. Yeah, I don't know if they're gonna do three hundred. I don't think they can. Uh, yeah, it'd be in the first uh, gen, probably around, not. Around, if they can release this one around like six, like for the whole setup, then that'll be really good. Because, True. like I said, just the Vive Pro headset itself is like $700. So if they can release oh. like the whole set for like around that price, then, you know, pretty good on that. True. And uh, I'm interested in it because I've got an Oculus. And uh, I had a Vive. Uh, I bought one like last year with my tax return, and I tried it, and I was like, "This is cool." And but then they were literally like a week after I bought it, they were like, "Hey guys, Vive Pro's coming out." And I was like, "Okay, well." <laughs> so I returned it and got my <laughs> money back. And uh, then I got the Oculus because it's three hundred bucks, and why not? And um. Instead of VR games, I find myself just playing things that just require a headset. Uh, I should have talked about this when I was talking about games, but I've been playing some racing games recently. Like, I've got my wheel set up and stuff. But so, 
you can put the headset on and you know it's like you're in the car i've also been playing like some american truck simulator which is something i just play all the time for no reason um, yeah yeah and it's good especially for like the truck sim because like you have to look to see if traffic is coming and usually you have to like let go of the wheel grab the mouse move it around to see and then try to like center your camera again as opposed to just looking uh the problem is with like the rift uh, the resolution is good for things that are, like, far away, but as soon as you're playing something, like, if you're in a cockpit and you have, like, a bunch of dials and numbers and stuff, the resolution is not good that close to your face to be able to read them. So, the with the Pro, like, the Vive Pro, I know people buy those basically just so they can, like, if those games that they play where they're, like, looking at stuff so they can read text and that kind of thing. So, I would be interested in just a headset of this just for that reason. <laughs> so I could actually see what I'm doing. Sure. Oh, you put that very well. That's that's a definitely an interesting way of looking at it. No, I, I think my biggest thing, I just hope they're conscious with cost. Because um, as you said, we've got... The, the vibe, which is way higher than I expected. And then you've got the uh, the Oculus kind of sitting in that, I guess, more mid-range area. That's kind uh, of the cheap one the now, two. you know? Yeah, like The yeah, Oculus $300 true. for the whole setup. Right, right. Like for me as a consumer, especially since I haven't jumped into the, uh, the, the VR stuff, you know, my main thing is cost. Yeah, uh, I want to get something that is fairly well rounded for me. I don't want to pay no more than really five to six hundred dollars personally. Uh, but, you know, those who are also don't have maybe the machines to run it, uh, which I'd say probably the general audience do not. I mean, then you're talking about having to drop upwards of fifteen hundred dollars for all the stuff, as well as a uh, a decent graphics card. Also, assuming yeah. that your uh, processor and everything and your RAM are up to snuff as well. It's just a, a massive investment, which I can see why they're also trying to push those uh, standalone, basically a smartphone built into a, uh, a headset, you know, for those uh, more um, uh, easier uh, VR situations. Yeah, so like I'm, I'm hoping. Exactly, exactly. So I'm hoping with Val being in a very interesting situation they're in. Uh, just kind of takes all that stuff into account uh, when releasing this new model. And like, I really would love to see it being very disruptive of our current uh, duopoly. We we find ourselves in at this point and not just lean into the, the lower price or the higher price, but can really give a good amount of functionality for a, uh, for a decent price to kind of bring, I guess, everyone uh, in and make it a little more competitive, but um, I, I guess we'll see. Right now, I guess we don't really know much. I'm mean, to me, this was a massive surprise uh, when it all leaked out. So um, I'm interested. You know, I, I like to see Valve jump more into hardware just to mix it up a bit. You know, they've got the money, they've got the platform, so yeah. uh, they I should mean, they, definitely jump into it. They could they could sell this at a loss. I feel to like try to like establish it because I mean yes. Valve has money. <laughs> they have, yeah. like yes. they don't make much stuff anymore like they've got they're just sitting on a ton of fucking money <laughs> so right. they, can, they don't have to yeah, yeah. You, you've got still got the number one uh digital download market you know i mean you've got uh other upstarts happening but they're not even close to where valve is right now yeah. and then all the money and, they're making uh, off like dota and 
like their first oh, yeah. party games, like the few they have. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. So no, they, they, they're doing good. Yeah. No, I, I like the move. I like I like bold, daring moves the really get out of your comfort zone. And I've got to hand the valve for doing this because I'm sure this is uh, costing them a pretty penny. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure it is. And uh, for more information on that, uh, there was a leaked image that has since been pulled, but uh, it was basically a picture of the headset, and it says, Upgrade your experience May 2009. So people, or 2019. Uh, so people don't know if that's when they're going to open pre-orders uh, or when they're going to be releasing more information maybe that month. Um, but probably something coming out in May, at least more information, I'm sure to find out exactly what is going on. Uh, I didn't write this one down, but speaking of bold moves, uh, Epic Store has been making some bold moves with uh, grabbing exclusives. Uh, Hell yeah. They released the uh, trailer for Borderlands 3, and uh, apparently Borderlands 3 is going to be a timed exclusive on the Epic Store for six months. Are you big into uh, Borderlands at all, Biggie? Have you played I, those? Yeah, I played the first and second one, and I, I kind of lost interest. Uh, you know, they're fun. I love the second one quite a bit, but uh, they just never keep my attention for too long. Mainly the story. It's just not, you know, it's fun. It, it's it's kind of cute in its own way, but the story's just not deep enough to really keep me coming back for more. But they're, they're a lot of fun, and I'm really excited for the third one to see how it does. Uh, I know a lot of people are not happy about the Epic Store getting it uh, for even for six months, which in a way I can understand. It's just six months, but that's the height of its popularity. It's probably not going to be as popular six months after that you know right. everyone's going to be kind of done with it once it releases on steam unless just a ton of people hold out for it at that point you know it's pretty much going to run its course and maybe a slight concern since the epic store is currently a little limited on back-end features like cloud saves unless it's just integrated into the game like like Fortnite or whatever yeah. um you know the the friend area is a little limited uh, there's a whole list of other stuff that, that it's a little limited on, but ultimately I think it's maybe a bit blown out of proportion. The, the Epic store does what it needs to do. It, you buy, you can buy your game. It's housed there. Yeah. It's, you might have to have a local save, but that's something that should be fixed. And it looks like it's going to be fixed very soon based on their timeline. But you know, it's fine. I'm, I'm actually, I'm really happy for this. Um, mainly because, Epic, this is just like how Valve is with the headset. Epic doesn't sell other people's games. This is very, very new. I've had the uh, Epic launcher on my computer for a very long time because that was the only way for me to get that that uh, uh, alpha version of Unreal Tournament. And you had like <laughs> Fortnite and another game. And that's all it was there for. Now they're giving me free games and I can buy games on there. That's great. We need a disruptor. And maybe that will help make Valve uh, a better company for it. Both of them better for it. Yeah. Um, so in uh, a way, I'm, I don't know. I'm not hating <laughs> on Epic as hard as some other people are. I think they're trying to do something interesting. And um, But I would like to see them really start pushing some of those back-end features just to have better quality of life for a big game like Borderlands 
Yeah, I was I was really against the epic thing for a while, and I'm coming around on it because um, the main reason I was against it it's not even like the backend features. It's uh, Epic is mostly owned by Tencent, which is the Chinese company, and they have uh, not a great track record with uh, people's data. Sure. So I was like, okay, and then I started thinking. I was like, I have a league client and password. Tencent owns Riot. Uh, they own 40% of Reddit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Tencent owns it, fucking everything. I was like, they already big. have my shit. And, uh, yes. then I was like, but Steam is secure. And then I was started thinking, I was like, has Steam ever been hacked? And I looked and it was like 2016, 2014, 2012, just these huge data breaches of Steam. So I was like, well, I guess it fucking doesn't matter, <laughs> you know? I was like, they already have my stuff, and even if I just continue to use only Steam, it's not like they have a great track record of people's data either. So, I've yeah. come around on it. It's, yeah, <laughs> it, it gets kind of <laughs> shitty where, um, you know, you have people who are very brand loyal, but, and it's good, to, you know, it's good to, to root for the home team if you've got one, but just also be mindful that uh, everyone's got skeletons. And they may be okay now, but they can turn to shit later. So, you know, first of all, be respectful. I think Epic's trying to do something good. And that is uh, really challenging Valve at their own game. And so far, it seems like they're doing pretty good. I don't think we have a lot of data to back that claim up, per se. I mean, mainly all their big name titles they've bought. So whether they're going to make that money back truly is is questionable. Uh, but I'm, I'm a big fan of the disruptors. Valve Steam was a massive disruptor back in the day, and it sucked ass. Yeah, it was and, terrible. Uh, when, people don't remember when Steam first started. It was bad. Oh, it was it, not was, good. it was really the only thing it did that was decent was keep Counter-Strike updated. And even then, it wasn't great. Um, and hell, look at Half-Life 2 launch. That was a fiasco. Um <laughs> More so of a negative against Valve than a lot of people got free copies of Half-Life 2. That was fascinating. But no, <laughs> even then, Valve uh, Steam was a major disruption. We had nothing really that similar to it. At least that was that um, streamlined. It's just become better. And it's disrupted game sales, physical sales, where we've gotten these great game uh, deals constantly, where that was not the case. Not uh, what? God, seven, eight years ago? So oh, it was um, longer than that. It was like oh, it was 2004, I think. Yeah, I it think. was around the same time of uh, World of Warcraft. Yeah, so, yeah I, been... I just I just remember it started getting big. Um, I remember, I think 2008 is when I got Steam because of the Orange Box. Right. Yeah, that was the big pusher. Orange Box brought in a lot of people. So um, I'm happy to see someone else rise up. It's it's about time. We've had all these little boutique shops pop up like GOG and and all those. Um, and um, oh, God, I can't think of another one. It's good to have a true competitor who has the funds to really challenge Valve. And I think they'll both be better for it. Ultimately, yeah, I like that they're competing against Valve. I don't like exclusives to one thing because that is one thing I'll give Valve credit for is the only thing that's exclusive on Steam is their first party games. Everything else is like the fucking Wild West for them and I like that. Where it's like you can put your game on our client and you can sell it wherever the fuck else you want. Like it's we don't sure. say you have to have it here and only here. 
whereas Epic is doing exclusives. They're like, you want to play this game? You have to use us. And to me, that's not competition. Like, competing would be if it was on both. And, you know, people could get either or, whichever one they preferred. But at the same time, I understand why they're doing it, because uh, otherwise no one would fucking buy shit from them. <laughs> they would just continue using Steam. So I get it. Oh, uh, you Sure. No, you bring up a great point. Uh, absolutely. It is kind of... Uh, uh, they're trying to buy success, and that's only going to be financially sustainable for so long. I mean, it'll, it'll ultimately they'll have to step up with service. Yeah, and, well, uh, if they I'm can, yeah. if they can establish their base, which really, I mean, realistically, they already had a base because you had to have the epic launcher if you played Fortnite, which was the biggest sure. game in the world. So they already had a base. So I don't even know if the exclusive stuff was like necessary. But maybe they looked at numbers and they were like, "Okay, we gotta, we gotta make some deals." Yeah, no I, I agree. Exactly. You know, the the them pushing exclusivity was a little odd. I mean, I see it as a marketing standpoint, just to get more people to get the launcher. And well, you know, once you spend sixty bucks for Borderlands, you know, you're you're now invested. You know, you're more than likely going to buy something else. And that's why they're giving away free games all the time. Uh, you know, you've got games on there. Maybe you'll actually buy something now. Yeah, uh, it's, it's Borderlands, so, every know. Ubisoft game. Uh, Ubisoft yeah. did their exclusive deal. Uh, that was Metro weird. Metro Exodus. Yeah, the Ubisoft weird. one was so weird. You know, when they have their own launcher that's just about as competent as Epic's, that uh, they would, uh, I, would I mean, less. I guess it's free money. <laughs> you Ubisoft. say less. It, Ubisoft launcher, buggy. like, uh, uh, Rockstar's launcher where everyone wants to have their own launcher for their fucking games for some reason. It's just the worst. <laughs> that is just the worst thing. I will say that an unintended consequence probably of uh, all their stuff being on the Epic Store and not on Steam is people buying games directly from the Ubisoft client, which maybe that was their plan <laughs> to like not have to mm. give money to anybody. Like They're like, yeah, right. they don't like Epic. They'll just buy it right from us now if they want to play it. <laughs> Good point. Uh, Star Wars. You want to talk some about Star Wars? Tell me about it. Eh, there's not that much to say at the moment. We finally got a trailer and some information on the new Star Wars game coming out later this year. I think November. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. This is now the... Only uh, the what well, I guess the second franchise they've made now out of the Star Wars universe under EA. I think they've only done Battlefront to this point. And as you know, currently uh, Disney uh, has given exclusive uh, developing rights for their console PC games to EA, and we've gotten uh, Battlefronts one and two, the the new Battlefronts one, not the old ones, right. uh, from them to mixed reception. You know, some people dig it. Some people think it's garbage. And I, I kind of side with both, depending on which argument they want to make. But this one is truly one. new. He sides the garbage. I think they're all right. <laughs> pick, which, pick your poison. <laughs> um, this is a true new series that they're making. And I had heard some discussion in the past that it was going to be a... I don't know what you would call it. I, hack and slash is probably a little too, uh, um, oh, what would you say? Not deep enough that the 
to talk about the story, um, the gameplay and everything. I've heard yeah. them say it should be similar to Force Unleashed, which I hope has got more to it than just that. Like a but, kind of like a action. Let's just say like maybe third yeah. person action kind of game. Exactly. Exactly. And that's about all we know at the moment. The trailer from what I can tell person. was Oh well, yeah, that's true. We don't even really know that. Just bits and pieces. The trailer mainly just shows story moments. We don't see actual gameplay as far as we can tell but it takes place after uh revenge of the sith after order 66 happened and all the jedis were killed we're following this one uh padawan who is basically hiding from the empire and trying to survive so already kind of an interesting setting and uh, we see moments where he's having to confront the empire and apparently someone who's stalking him to try to kill him uh, apparently so, and that's about all we know. The art looks kind of interesting. It looks like it's a, um, oh, what would you call it? What would you equate it to? Maybe kind of a hero's journey. I kind of equate it to a, um, what's that? Um, Butch Cassie and Sunday Kid. You know, you're sure. running from your fate, but eventually it's probably going to catch up to you. I hope they go with that kind of theme. I really hope he dies at the end because that would be kind of cool. Well, but, maybe. um, I, I I love death at the end of a game. <laughs> I love it. I I like that ending. That like you're willing to take this character. It's even better if they were really likable and you could probably make a franchise out of them and kill him. Like that took balls. I like that. Yeah. And um, I don't know. We'll see. Interesting setting. They could fuck it up. Right now, they're saying no microtransactions, single player only, but we have heard these promises before, and we've been fooled, not just predominantly by EA, but not just EA. So well, be wary. Um, this one, it's being published by EA, but the people who are actually making it is Respawn, who are just working under EA. And right. Respawn uh, made a little bit game that recently came out called Apex Legends. Um they also made the Titanfall series, and before they were Respawn, they were Infinity Ward. They're the makers of the original Call of Duty. So their whole track record is basically making first-person shooter games. So I'm curious how they're going to handle something that's not just shooting. Uh, yes. Because they have the shooting mechanic down, but it's like, I wonder how they're going to be able to do like lightsabers and stuff. Um, right. I'm also curious about the when this game takes place. Uh, it looks like, uh, from the trailer, it might just be after episode three, before four, maybe. Uh, That's what because, it appears to be. Uh, it says like the Jedi have fallen, the Empire is rising, so, and then it's like uh, he's like oh, discover the past, and he picks up a thing where it's like the Emperor saying execute Order sixty six. Uh, which was the thing that where they killed all the Jedi. So that makes me think that it falls in that timeline, but it, I could be wrong. I I believe it is. I mean, it makes it makes a lot of sense. And that's what makes the story even remotely interesting is because um, surely they didn't kill all the Jedi. Well, naturally, they didn't. You know, Yoda and Obi-Wan escaped. Uh, yeah. So there had to be some other scragglers. So it'd be kind of neat to see 
you know, someone, he looks kind of young. It would have been cooler if it was like a little kid. One of those shitty little kids that had the little lightsaber and the stupid ass helmets. God, and so, like, he was just like, oh, my God. oh, oh, God. What would have been really cool is if in the start of the game, he's one of the kids inside the Jedi throne room. And when Anakin goes in to kills him, but one of them survives. And that's how the game starts. And he's like having to like be a shitty little kid and get out of the Jedi temple. That would be dope. Uh, I don't know if I would like that, but we'll see. <laughs> I would like, he's just like, maybe he hides behind one of the chairs and like, you just like see his face. He's like holding his ears. And you just hear all the kids go like, ah, oh, no, Anakin, no. <laughs> he gets up. And I would they're all shut dead. the fucking game up. <laughs> Especially if you sounded exactly like that. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, uh, EA actually asked me to come and do some of the sound design for the dying kids in the throne room. <laughs> I was like, yeah, of course. They, they've heard my work and they were very impressed. So I'll be flying out to LA here in about a week or so. Um, but but you know, you know how it's going to be. It's going to be some guys who are like... I'm a Jedi all by myself in this dark, cruel world. Well, I can only trust myself and my lightsaber. I know, but that's the dumb thing because that's not how Jedi are supposed to be. So, no, like, it's. So I, know, I think it's, I think this is a guy. I don't know what it is. I want to say that it's like he is uh, kind of like what we were saying, where the Jedi were killed. He's kind of an escapee, and he's on the run from like uh, Empire forces. Because right. he's like just you know one of the escapee Jedi's whatever the fuck I just said that, but everything he's saying in the trailer makes me think that he's not and he's going to become a Jedi throughout the mm, game. Interesting, interesting. Because that would be kind of cool. Throughout the whole trailer, he's like, "Trust no one." Like all these things, like that's not how a Jedi talks. <laughs> right. So I don't know. We'll right. I we'll see. Yeah, it could, could be cool. It could be good. It could be shit. It, I, if I was going to bet money right now, I'd say it's probably going to be very mediocre. But um, I'm at least happy they're trying. Trying yeah. is good. You know, am, and Respawn, as you said, there's talented people who know how to make fun games. So I think, I think they may be on to something. I just hope that they... Just just make the story. It can be dark. It can be sad, but that doesn't mean it can't be fun. So I just hope they remember that. Yeah, and I'm just very interested in general for a single-player Star Wars game. What, what was yes. the last single-player Star Wars game? Oh, sweet Jesus. Probably Force Unleashed it probably series. Was like, I can't yeah. think of another. Uh, because it was after that point we were supposed to get that Star Wars uh, thirteen thirteen, and then that got canned after the acquisition. I I really think that might have been the last true single player game. I think uh, for right. Star Wars, I can't think of another one that came out after it. God, that was yeah. a long fucking time ago. Long, long time ago. Jeez. <laughs> okay, it's shocking considering yeah. uh, how uh, much money that series can make that uh, they've shown such restraint. Yeah, I, it is weird. I guess that's why they're making one now. Yeah. They've already, yeah. I mean, they've already ruined uh, Battlefront and the movies, you know, ruined single player too. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's just kill it all. <laughs> kill it all. 
<laughs> Order Whatever. 66, the Star Wars games. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. Uh, I just remembered. I was watching other stuff. Uh, I forgot because uh, you're here and not the usual people. Uh, usually, we talk about anime we watched. And yeah. I didn't think about it. Uh, do you watch any anime, Biggie? Are you an anime person? I am a basic bitch. Uh, basically, Gundam and Dragon Ball is uh, my domain. That's all you need. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I started watching this other series last night. Uh, it's a couple months old. Typically, what they do with anime is like uh, they do seasonal things. So it's like winter, fall, summer anime. Like they'll release like new series in batches. Like as they all kind of start and end at the same times. Um, so this one, uh, is a couple months old. It started in the winter and it's called Kaguya-sama Love is War. Uh, it's pretty good. Not gonna lie. Uh, nice. it's like, uh, this is something you could watch. Like this is something that non-anime people could watch and, uh, I wouldn't be ashamed to talk about no to normal people. Cool. Okay. Uh, it's like a romantic comedy. But it's done in, like, uh, skits. So, like, each episode is, like, three or four skits. And it centers around these two people, uh, these high school students. Uh, one is the, like, student council prince, uh, president. And one is the vice president. And uh, one is, like, the number one student of the school. And uh, the other one is, like, uh, this very... Uh, like achieved like athlete and like mathematician and she comes from like a super rich family so the whole premise is basically these two people uh like each other but they're both way too like proud and arrogant to like admit it to the other person so it's called love is war because it's basically them uh playing mind games and stuff on each other through the whole series to try to get the other person to admit that they like them Ooh. And it's just, it's real funny, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the art looks great. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Looks really cute. I, uh, I really like the style. Yeah, you should look up the intro. The intro is really good. It's like a uh, 70s spy movie for some reason. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so dumb. But, um,. <laughs> It's one of those things where, like, uh, it pretends to be super serious, but it does it for the sake of parody. So, they'll be like, uh, oh, he made, like, a Facebook profile, and, uh, he's trying to get the girl to ask him for, like, his information so she can add him, but she won't. And then it's, like, uh, this narrator comes in and is very dramatic and is, like, going over, like, the moves that they have in their head like they're playing, like, chess almost. <laughs> and it's Oh, that's uh, neat. It's funny. Uh, I think everybody could watch it, at least to this point. I've seen three episodes so far, and I would say there's nothing that's been in it that would tell me to not, or tell me to tell normal people to avoid it. Gotcha. Well, very nice. Very nice. I'll have to check that out. It's a good one. Uh, I think that's about it. For the podcast, uh, no one sent us any questions this week, uh, as per usual. Um, 
So we're going to do some plugs here. Uh, for me, you can find me on uh, Twitter, Secondhand Gamers. I'm on Twitch at MNT underscore Sage. Uh, YouTube, I got a bunch of them, Secondhand Gamers, Secondhand Reactions, and Mountain Sage. And our email, if you want to send us any kind of questions or comments or whatever, is secondhandgamers2 at gmail. And uh, you can find all that stuff in the description. Uh, Biggie, you want to do your plugs? You got any? Sure, sure. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at BiggieSize89. I don't do anything interesting. I normally just make stuff <laughs> up, but come by and hang. Uh, Twitch, I'm on every now and then uh, at uh, BiggieSize89. You can find me on there. Uh, if you want to check out my movie podcast, Just Okay Movies, you can go on iTunes and just search Just Okay Movies and you'll see it. Just ignore and, the uh, white supremacy signs. <laughs> <laughs> the okay means okay as it should be. <laughs> sure. But uh, <laughs> but that's uh, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, uh, the plan is to hopefully be more consistent with this podcast. I just kind of release them whenever. But uh, I think the plan going forward is we're going to record every Sunday or try to at least uh, every or every other Sunday. So, uh, I guess it'll be, uh, two times a month kind of thing is the plan. Who knows? Subject to change. Absolutely. We're doing this for our enjoyment. You exactly. may think it's for your enjoyment, but this is actually, this is our bro time. So, um, yeah. just be happy we're including you. Yeah, you fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for listening. We appreciate I, it. I grave up a great EverQuest group to come and do this podcast. <laughs> and you fuckers better be thankful <laughs> <Murphy>. <laughs> all right bye all right see ya <laughs>